What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Tuesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the energy level coming back down just a little bit from that big win on Sunday. But who am I kidding? It's all 22 days, so we're going to fire that energy right back up here on this edition of Drive Time. We'll break down the Dolphins' offense, defense, special teams, and we'll get into all the numbers and aftermath from the game. Plus, we've got coordinators as well as Coach Campanelli on a very busy Tuesday, November the 10th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And Drive Time is brought to you by AutoNation where Dolphins fans drive pink and helped raise over $25 million for cancer treatment and research. Visit the AutoNation store near you or drivepink.com today. With regards to Miami's offensive and defensive team rankings through the first nine weeks of the season, eight games in the back pocket halfway through the season, the Dolphins rank 10th in scoring with 27.8 points per game so far this season. Total offense, the 322.9 yards per game is 28th in the National Football League. And that's also where Miami's rushing game is with 97.1 yards per game at 28th in the NFL. Passing, Miami's got 225.8 yards per game. That is 23rd in the NFL. As far as sacks allowed goes, the Dolphins have given up 14 sacks on the season. That is tied for the 11th fewest in the NFL. And Miami is 26th in third down offense at 38.9% conversion on the money down. On the defensive side of the football, the Dolphins are fourth in scoring defense. They are tied there with the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20.1 points per game. As far as total defense and total yardage given up, Miami is 22nd in that category at 384.3 yards per game. The rushing defense ranks 26th at 131.8 yards per game. And the passing defense is 21st, allowing 252.5 yards per game. Miami has 20 sacks this season. That's going to be good for tied for 12th in the National Football League. And the 14 takeaways are tied for fourth with a whole bunch of teams in the NFL. So 14 takeaways tied for fourth. And Miami's third down percentage remains one of the best in the NFL. The Dolphins are giving up third down conversions at just a 34.4% clip. That's fourth best in the entire NFL. So those are your Dolphins team rankings through nine weeks of the 2020 NFL season. We'll get to the all 22 review here in just one second. But first, some notes on Dolphins statistics. Jason Sanders hit the two field goals on Sunday, including a career long from 56 yards. Going back to last season, that gives him 20 consecutive made field goals, the longest streak in Dolphins history. He's a perfect 17 for 17 on the season and the only kicker in the NFL right now with 12 or more makes without a missed field goal. Punter Matt Hawk is ninth in the NFL with 42.3 net punting average. His 16 punts downed inside the 20-yard line are tied for fourth in the National Football League. Jakeem Grant has 237 punt return yards and leads the NFL in that category. He's got 13.9 yards per punt return. That ranks third minimum five returns. 
The Dolphins on the penalty game have committed 38 fouls for 325 yards against them. The 38 penalties is tied for the fourth lowest, and the penalty yardage, 325, is the eighth lowest in the National Football League right now. And if you go check out the Inside the Numbers piece up on MiamiDolphins.com right now, our third phase after all the numbers and we get to the quote section of that article, we talk about the next man up mentality. And you can see that here in the Dolphins snap count offensively. Quarterback Tua Tungavailoa played all 61 snaps, 100%, as well as four offensive linemen, Jesse Davis, Eric Flowers, Ted Karras, and Robert Hunt. At running back, Savon Ahmed led the team with 28 snaps at that position. That's 46% of the workload. Jordan Howard played 21. Patrick Laird played 12. And fullback Chandler Cock had nine snaps. Devontae Parker led the receivers with 55 snaps. That was good for 90% of the workload. Then Jakeem Grant had 29. Malcolm Perry played 23 snaps, a career high for him. Mac Hollins and Preston Williams both played 17 snaps each. And Kirk Merritt got his first offensive snap in the National Football League. At tight end, Mike Gesicki played 43. Durham Smythe, 25. Adam Shaheen, 24. And the rest of the offensive line, Austin Jackson had 50, or 46 snaps. rather. Solomon Kinley played 15. And Julian Davenport played one snap in the game on Sunday. The individual statistics on offense. Quarterback Tua Tungavailoa's QBR was 87.6. That was the sixth highest mark among quarterbacks in week number nine. His 11-yard touchdown pass to receiver Mac Hollins carried a completion probability of just 16.4% per NFL next-gen stats. That was the 11th lowest probability on a completion in the NFL season this year. Big time contested work there from Tua and Mac Hollins. Under pressure, Tua was five out of six for 60 passing yards, and he moved the chains on all five of those completions. Against the Blitz, he completed nine of 15 passes for 92 yards and a touchdown pass as well. These numbers come in courtesy of Pro Football Focus. In the backfield, Savon Ahmed led the team in rushing in his NFL debut. He also had the most yards after initial contact among Dolphins running back, averaging 2.43 yards after contact per carry. That led all running backs, but Tua had 2.57 average yards after contact, and that led all Dolphins players in this game. At receiver, Preston Williams, 60 yards in the first half of this game and a touchdown. He went for 12 yards per target as those 60 yards came on the five targets. Devontae Parker caught six of his seven targets for 64 yards. That's good for 9.14 yards per target. And Jakeem Grant had 35 yards on four targets, catching all of those for 8.75 yards per target. So all of those guys up over the the median line there of eight yards per target you want to be as far as above average in the NFL. Tight end Mike Gesicki picked up 42 yards by catching three of his four pass targets. So his number there, good as well. His 331 receiving yards this year are 10th among tight ends and 5th among tight ends in the AFC alone. Left guard Eric Flowers and center Ted Karras both pitched pass protection shutouts. No hits, no sacks, no hurries. On the season, those two guys have combined for only 15 pressures allowed on 604 pass blocking reps. Strong in the interior are the Miami Dolphins offensive line. On defense, the snap counts for this squad, and you saw a lot of guys get plenty of work in this game. 95 snaps last week against the Rams, chasing around Kyler Murray all day on Sunday. Really a credit and a note to this team's ability to condition and stay in shape and get multiple guys onto the field to contribute and produce. Up front on the defensive line, Christian Wilkins led the interior defensive lineman with 52 snaps. That's a 75% workload. A lot of work there for the big fella. Zach Sealer played 39 snaps, and Raekwon Davis played 
played 37 snaps. We talked about him in the recap show, showing you some of the strength and power and push he was getting on the interior defensive line. We'll cover more of that here on the All-22 review here in just one second. At defensive end, Emmanuel Ogbaugh, 54 snaps. Shaq Lawson, 28 snaps. And Jason Strobridge, NFL debut, 12 snaps for your Dolphins on Sunday. At linebacker, Kyle Van Noy played 69 reps. That's every single snap for your Dolphins defense. Jerome Baker played 52. Andy Landon Roberts had 50 snaps. Both those guys up over 70% on the day. Linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle had 24 snaps. Kamu Gruje-Hill had 10. And Sam McGuavin had two snaps in the game on Sunday. At cornerback, both Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, as well as safeties Bobby McCain and Eric Rowe, all four of those guys did not leave the field. 69 snaps on Sunday. And cornerback Nick Needham played 38 snaps. And Brandon Jones had 15 to round out your six defensive backs that played on defense for the Miami Dolphins. And how about that defensive end, Emmanuel Ogba? What a tear he is on right now. He recorded a sack for the fifth straight game. That brings his season total to seven, which is tied for fourth in the NFL. He's got 34 quarterback pressures. That's tied for sixth among all edge defenders via PFF. And the 16 run stops are tied for 14th at his position. He also has three batted passes. That's tied for second in the NFL among edge defenders. And only when he's playing on the outside do those count, not the couple of PBUs he's got on the interior as well. And Ogba's counterpart, defensive end Shaq Lawson, he led the team with three pressures on the day and made it back-to-back weeks with a scoop and score for the Dolphins' defense on his 36-yard rumble to the house. Jeff Darlington of ESPN tweeted this after the game. The Dolphins spend a lot of time in practice focusing on drills, perhaps more than years past, in parentheses, to create game readiness in unique ways. One of the prominent drills, the scoop and score. Don't just fall on the ball, pick it up and run. Showed up two straight weeks, smart coaching, and tweet there. And that kind of corroborates what we talked about all training camp long with this team drilling fine fundamentals and individual techniques and drills throughout the course of practice. We saw it the last two years here under Brian Flores and training camp continuing on through practice in season so far. And Lawson on that touchdown run, we would be remiss if we did not mention the block of Brandon Jones. He got down there and you watch the tackle kind of square up and get depth on that play like a safety might on defense. But Brandon Jones took advantage of that and ran off to the pass, cut him off and made a big block there. We'll talk more about that on the All-22. Brandon Jones also had three tackles, two of those good for run stops. He also had a quarterback pressure in the game. We spoke about Jerome Baker's snap counts, seven tackles, Five of those for run stops, tackles within two yards of the line. He's got 64 tackles this season. That's tied for 16th in the NFL. He also held Arizona passing the passing game to just two completions on five targets and just 20 yards in his coverage area. Kyle Van Noy made five tackles, three of those for run stops. He batted down a pass and had two quarterback pressures. Back to the defensive line, Zach Sealer pitched in with three run stops and most notably that big play on the fourth and one stop. Also had a quarterback pressure. Christian Wilkins had four run stops in the game. That gives him 18 for the season. That mark is tied for eighth best among interior defensive linemen per PFF. And cornerback Nick Needham allowed just seven yards receiving in the game and added a quarterback pressure. So those are your numbers. Let's go ahead and turn this thing over now to the all 22 review starting with the Dolphins offense as we do every Tuesday here on the Drive Time Podcast, and we'll kind of go in chronological order of the notes I took, and we start with just the general offensive thoughts on the very first possession of the game on the toss sweep. It looks like Hunt and Hollins, Robert Hunt and Mac Hollins kind of collide. 
and that allows a man to shoot in there unblocked and get that TFL there. There was a slip screen on the Dolphins' first touchdown drive, with or the first touchdown drive for the offense, I should say, where they slipped Durham Smythe on the inside. Just a really gorgeous design. You get a fake on double swing routes to either side of the formation, kind of a fake screen to either side, and the defenders are taking false steps all over the field. Guys in cold, total conflict on that play, and they are influenced at both the first and second level. And Tua's footwork on that play, a hard pump fake to Jakeem Grant on the first fake off to the right, definitely helps sell some of those Cardinals defenders on the misdirection. The quick setup, a firm stride, and a strong ball fake. You see the way the defenders react to that. Good work there all around, and a good finish on that run from Durham Smythe. The touchdown pass to Preston Williams was a good job of taking advantage of what might have been a mix-up there on the defensive coverage. The Dolphins run Mike Gesicki to the post. They run Devontae Parker to the corner, and then Preston just hooks up at the five-yard line, three yards shy of the first down sticks, and nobody's around him. He gets left all alone, but you see the ball coming out quickly, so the safety who does recognize it eventually can't close fast enough before Preston can get to the goal line, elevate, and score a touchdown. Awesome effort to finish that run there by Preston Williams. Good pass pro all around. All five guys found work and made good blocks on that play. The defensive pass interference on Devontae Parker for 21 yards in the beginning of the third quarter was just a good idea, a good way to get your players in favorable matchups. They put Devontae Parker in the slot. He runs a takeoff from there, a slot fade, as it were, against a smaller cornerback who just had to grab Vontae to slow him down because he was getting ground fast upfield. The cornerback on the play had just been pulled up from the practice squad and was five foot eleven. so good job there creating a, match, a mismatch for your six foot three receiver. My first player note goes to Mike Gesicki, so we'll go off his list here first. Very first play of the game, he makes a nice catch off his back hip, has to reach back a little bit and snags that thing away from his body. Good hands there from Gesicki. And then towards the end of the game, the big 19-yard reception after Miami's fourth down stop on what would prove to be the game-winning drive, Jason Sanders' 50-yard field goal there at the end of the game. He does really well, Mike does, to come back to the football. Tua slides away from pressure off to his right and has to throw a little bit off balance. And so the ball hangs up just a tad, but he has enough space down there, Mike does, to come back and attack it for a big 19-yard completion to put Miami closer into field goal range. My next player on the notes here, right guard Solomon Kinley. He played 15 snaps in this game. He had a nice pull block on the first Howard run of the game and then a four-yard run on first and five on Miami's second series after the Cardinals had jumped into the neutral zone. They had two double teams inside. He connects with Robert Hunt on a nice double team and then climbs to the second level and wipes out a linebacker. And Howard does well on this play to absorb contact, I wrote, and regain forward lean. He gets popped and kind of reestablishes that forward lean for extra yardage. And then a few plays later, uh, Solomon Kinley runs a man around the arc as a looper in pass protection. Speaking of pass protection and blocks on the offensive line, Eric Flowers was up next on the first play of the second series of the game. The Cardinals sneak Buda Baker into the box as the fifth rusher, and Hassan Reddick loops inside, and Flowers not only holds the point against Leaky Fotu, the defensive tackle there, the rookie for the Cardinals, he comes off and clips Reddick with one arm and just stops him in his tracks. I put... Chef's kiss on that play. Good work from Eric Flowers. And then he had a really nice pass pro rep with good mirroring where the player's trying to work on the upfield shoulder and then come back across on the downfield shoulder. And he has a good shuffle and punch and sink. Just looks real, or real, uh, real clean in pass protection. 
Ted Karras, I loved his game that he had in this one. Just some little veteran savviness that he has to his game. He's always working to reposition his hands if he didn't nail it the first time. He's got nice recovery speed and footwork. If a guy one gaps him, like what happened on Howard's first run for a first down in this game, he just connects that inside shoulder and escorts him right out of the play. You want to shoot up field out of the gap? I'll go ahead and take you there. Ted does a good job on that. And then back-to-back plays on the Cardinals' two-yard line on the offense's first touchdown drive. He gets two cut blocks on back-to-back plays. The latter on the Jordan Howard touchdown run, he causes a big-time pileup there with the defensive tackle and the second-level linebacker on that run. Good job by Howard to stretch that thing out because an unblocked man from the backside did have good pursuit there, and he was able to drop the shoulder and get it in across the goal line, his fourth touchdown of the season. And then later in the game, just two plays before Savon Ahmed's 19-yarder, Karras knocks Flowers' man off balance and then with his, with a chip initially, and then he climbs up to the Mike linebacker in one straight line. You've got the linebacker, you've got Ted, and then you've got Ahmed. It rhymes. It's a perfect spot for the running back to be with a two-way go. He can choose left. He can go right either direction around that block. It's seven yards. It's a first down. And then on the 19-yard run, Ted does almost the exact same thing once again. He knocks the three technique, the defensive tackle, off balance while Flowers is engaged. Then he gets the second level and hits a key block on that run too. I also noted that Jesse Davis did very well to stay on a reach block at the point of attack. And Austin Jackson really held up the outside lane with a good stab on an outside edge defender to keep that lane sealed up. And Ahmed just puts a really nasty move on at the line to help influence those blocks and really kind of help uh, create leverage for those blockers. Good play there. Tua's up next on my notes, and his first note comes on the deep shot to Preston Williams, and I talked about this on the podcast on Sunday night. The location of the first deep shot was a little bit high and away, and the next one, a pretty similar looking play. Tua puts the ball on the inside with a defensive back kind of right on the one and eight on the back of Preston Williams' jersey. Probably could have read the Williams on the jersey. He lets him use that big body there to box out the defender. And another fun part of the incompletion on that first one is the Cardinals bring pressure from the field, the wide side of the formation, and you see Tua's head move that way right at the snap, then whip back over to the Preston part of the formation, the boundary side, the short side of the formation, because the middle of the field safety, there's one safety up top on that play. He goes to fill in the blitz on the backside and that then means Preston has a one-on-one shot with the cornerback so just really quick processing pre-snap and applying it post-snap if that's indeed what Tua saw on that play that's what it looked like to me I don't know the play calls but that's what it looked like to me then the rollout shot to Mike Gesicki early in the game you've got 59 Campbell as the underneath defender and he's pretty much even there with Gesicki but Tua throws it just outside of him to give Gesicki a chance and Mike does a great job there of securing the catch as he goes to the ground a general thought And just watching the foot speed getting into his setup that back there in the pocket, I talked about the processor and the quick decisions, how he he sees the the blitz pre-snap and sees things happen pre-snap. When the footwork mirrors that, man, that's a nice combination of traits. I always thought that was the most evident thing when watching him at first at Alabama, the footwork of Tua Tunga by Loa. I thought we saw some more of that here in this game. The completion to Devontae Parker where he breaks the pocket and has to attack right up the middle of the pocket. You see him attack the line of scrimmage. You also see his helmet on that play kind of snap over to Parker once he hits the climb and throws the ball to the corner as Parker's kind of clearing the outside defender there. So a really nice shot there and nice chemistry between Tua and Devontae Parker. And then later in the game, another quick instance where a, a 
blitz comes off one side of the formation and Devontae Parker hooks up right in the vacated spot and the ball's out quickly on time. It's after the defensive pass interference on Parker in the third quarter, throwing in behind the blitz. And then the third nine to kickstart Miami's 93-yard drive. Dan Orlovsky broke this play down on NFL Live on Monday and really showcased some nice anticipation there on the pass. The ball's thrown before Devontae is out of his break. The ball's on the outside shoulder, well located away from Patrick Peterson. And a good job by Devontae Parker to come back to the football and make the grab and shorten the area between the cornerback and the football so he can't make a play on it. The Cardinals got pressure with the fifth rusher looping around from the outside in, so it was imperative the ball came out on time on that play and it did. On his scramble on third and four on that same drive, the Cardinals get a free run at Tua, and he uses that ball fake and sidesteps the rush, then gets Buda Baker to miss in the open field right at the sticks. Nice, nice stuff there with Tua running in the open field. And then a couple plays later, the 17-yard scramble was pretty wild, man. Everything downfield's covered up. Tua gets pressure from the front side, spins out of it right into more pressure on the backside, puts his foot in the ground, gets upfield, splits two defenders, and finishes the run for 17 yards. Well, all right, Miami is what I wrote down right there, the late, great Jim Mandich. Preston Williams notes here, a back shoulder catch to kick things off on the first touchdown drive was so nice. He had the inside release first, and then on, on that first vertical shot, this time he gets the outside release and doesn't let the contact deter him and then he showcases good body control and hands on the sideline catch away from his body. On the 35-yard catch he did make where there was DPI as well, you really see the explosiveness out of his release, does a little bit of a stammer step at the line, then turns it on quickly out of that break and gets on the upfield shoulder in a hurry for good position, and Tua just lays that thing in there perfectly on that deep pass. Jakeem Grant, the 16 yards at the end of the first half, Again, the ball's coming out as he's turning out of his break. Good timing and rhythm there between Jakeem and Tua. Then the work after the catch, man, to split two defenders and then get back outside. I looked at it. He picked up nine extra yards and stopped the clock when we didn't have any timeouts in that spot. And a great stunt pickup from the offensive line as well with Jackson and then a combination of Flowers and Karras at left guard and center on the inside. On the 93-yard drive for Jakeem, he runs a hookup route right behind a blitz. And the ball comes out before the defender who comes in on the blitz can get his free run on the quarterback. And then on the game-winning field goal drive from Jason Sanders, he has a nine-yard reception just before that kick, one play before it. And the ball is out again right as he starts his break. And he's running an in-cut and does a nice job to recognize the ball in the air, throttle down, and then elevate to make a nice catch in traffic for Jakeem Grant. Patrick Laird, the 17-yard reception. You see the Cardinals pull uh, Marcus Golden out of coverage off one side, and then Buda Baker blitzes off the other side, and Tua sees it, flips it out quickly to Laird, and it looks like it's going to be a nice 8- or 9-yard gain there on 2nd and 16 after a sack, but Laird just beats the linebacker to the corner and gets that first down and gets out of bounds. And then back to the offensive line with Austin Jackson. A couple of notes on him here. Thought he had a really nice block down the line on a four-yard Savon Ahmed run in the middle of the third quarter. He took his man a few gaps off the football and created a big space there for Ahmed to run through. And then on Jordan Howard's eight-yard run and that final possession of the game where the Dolphins eventually got the sneak in the first down and would go victory formation, he makes that, I mean, that play was so crucial to the outcome of this game and not giving the football back to the Cardinals. Marcus Golden times up a good run inside and Jackson just shows the athletic ability to cut him off and really reach to get him out of the way and it opens up a big hole for Howard for eight yards and a big spot right there for Austin Jackson. Later, I put that he had a nice double team on a three-yard run before Tua to Parker on the third and nine conversion on that 93-yard drive. On a play right before that, both Hunt and Jackson had a nice double team where they square up a guy and sink and get significant knockback up front. 
Devontae Parker's notes here on the 93-yard drive. He catches a drag route for five yards on third and nine, or second and nine, rather, right before the Tua scramble for a first down. And he makes a really tough catch with a defender all over him. Tua sees that, puts the ball out in front a little bit, and Devontae has to extend to make a tough catch on that play. Good work from number 11. And then just a few plays later, he runs a nice comeback route at 20 yards and makes a sliding catch coming back to the football for 17 yards with DPI and one. And again, the ball is out as he's getting right into his break. You see a middle linebacker playing in front, kind of follow Tua's eyes or helmet or however you want to categorize that on the film. You see Tua's head go to the right. The linebacker kind of follows it out that way. Then he whips it back and brings it back to Devontae Parker, who again comes back to the football for a nice catch. And then Mac Hollins, the touchdown catch for him, going to him all the way on that play, quick fake play action, get the ball out. He show he kind of slow plays an outside release and then quickly gets on the on the upfield shoulder, which gives Tua a nice target and Tua hits the bullseye and Hollins finishes with great footwork down around the end line there on the sideline of the goal line. So superb work there on that play. And that's it for the offensive notes. A fun, fun tape to watch. Let's go ahead and spin this thing over to the other side and the defensive film notes from Dolphins 34, Cardinals 31 on the All-22 review here on Drive Time, the Tuesday edition of the Drive Time podcast. And we start with the first play for the Dolphins defense, where I just note that we heard all about the zero pressure looks from the previous game. But Miami, as they are wont to do, will show some creativity here. And they start off with a two high look, two safeties off the ball. And both Van Noy and Van Ginkle take a jab step into the pass rush and then bell back into the hook zone. And Murray does a good job to hold the football on the play and not rush his throw against a three-man rush and eight-man coverage. But you see the variety right away. Both those guys jump back into that hook zone where there's a couple of receivers there looking for a quick pass from Murray. It's a good chance, a good try to try to get a quick early interception there, kind of like Miami did with Wilkins against Jared Goff and the Rams the week before. Like that look there, the three-man pressure with eight-man in coverage. Later on the Cardinals' first touchdown drive, they get some free runs on Kyler Murray, but he just found quick open targets, kind of similar to what we saw with the Dolphins' offensive film review earlier on this podcast. And you see something similar a few plays later, a second down and nine look, where Murray has to throw it out of the back of the end zone because Shaq Lawson comes clean on that same pressure look. And normally, it's a six-man pressure, but this time, Bobby McCain comes as well and gives you seven men in the rush with zero as far as safeties over the top on that zero pressure look there. And it continued with such a good battle in this game of Murray having to make these quick decision plays either with his mind or his feet. And man, it's just some of those plays. He is just a uniquely rare player right now in the NFL. The third down and seven stop just before half, I thought was a pretty cool look as well. They brought both Byron Jones and Nick Needham on double cat blitzes, double corner blitzes off either side. And then Ogba and Lawson both fall out to make a stop on Isabella just short of the sticks to get the ball back to the offense for that field goal before the end of the first half. The fourth down and one offsetting fouls play was such an interesting play just in general for a football fan. It was a run that went bust. You see both receivers on either side of the field standing there not going into routes. And then Murray just escapes and does what he does. And Hopkins takes off downfield. And there are clearly offensive linemen illegally downfield, which drew the flag on the play. And then Xavier Howard sprints upfield towards Murray when he sees him kind of take off and scramble. But then he turns and runs with Hopkins when he takes off downfield. He gets his head back around, tries to locate the football. You get the offsetting calls and the Cardinals pick it up on the following fourth down and one play right after that. Just a crazy sequence of events there, I thought, on that play. Individually, Christian Wilkins, I put a general note in here for him. I like the way 
he really just drops that inside knee against double teams and, and helps him drop that weight to anchor. I had this note a few times in the game. He's got that sturdy, strong center of gravity and good balance to hold up against those double teams. The first play of the second half is when he began to really stack and shed guys. He would show the strong hands in the punch, stack them and shed them, coming off a couple of blocks in that second half for tackles. Brandon Jones on the scoop and score play uh, from Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba. He starts off on that play 15 yards behind the ball, and he sees it and takes off to go get that block. And it's such a great block from Brandon Jones to spring that play for a touchdown. But he's not the only one in the frame. Three Dolphins defenders get down into the frame as Lawson gets to daylight. That, that effort was just a lot of fun to watch on the tape. And speaking of the guy that had the sack fumble, Emmanuel Ogba, plenty of notes on him here once again. He has been dominant lately. Dolphins get six guys at the line against the Cardinals' empty look. That's five linemen in protection, five out wide in the route, and of course the quarterback makes 11. Miami shows six, two back out, and Lawson gets the free run this time against that empty package, which forces Murray to immediately sprint to his right, but Ogba gets outside his man, and you really see his length on display as that right arm swipes around the backside of Murray and punches the football free. He does such a great job of putting his eyes on Murray right away, and as Kyler escapes, he gets himself clean, gets the offensive lineman out of his frame with a good punch so he can get that width out wide and just cuts Murray off at the pass. Great, great work there. A great job by Lawson to finish it by scooping and scoring, and of course the nod to Jones earlier from the, the Dolphins' touchdown again for the second straight week. Nick Needham and Jerome Baker also joined the frame following downfield, showing you great effort on that scoop and score for the second straight week for the Miami Dolphins. He then comes back the next series, Ogba does, and bats down a pass at the line. And then after going unblocked and working down the line of scrimmage on a zone replay, and he closes that thing down for a tackle. And then on the very next play, he has to stack and shed and makes another stop right there at the line for the Dolphins' defense. So he's making plays all over the field. Finally, on the third and 10 incomplete pass in the, in the red zone in the second quarter, he walks his man right back into Murray's lap, and it forces him to step up and out of the play and tries to extend, and they cannot connect to Larry Fitzgerald. So Emmanuel Ogba, pass rush, run game, batting passes down, causing turnovers, really having a good stretch of games right now on the Dolphins' defense. Jerome Baker, the very first tackle he makes in the game, he comes off a block and makes a nice tackle, and he was super impressive throughout the game doing this off the edge, I thought. Very good look on the direct snap to Edmonds where he engages a block, then chases down to the outside to get the tackle off the edge for just four yards. He then flips sides and goes on the left tackle on a run off that edge to get Edmonds out to the perimeter once again. And he finished up his good day, I thought, with an awesome tackle on the second down and four, just short of the sticks, Prior to the missed field goal at the very end of the football game, Jerome Baker racking up some tackles. He's got 64 on the season. Staying at that linebacker position, both Elandon Roberts and Kyle Van Noy, there, there's a play where uh, Roberts takes on a block with Van Noy on a first and 10 run, and they both beat pullers to the play side of the formation to get a one-yard stop. They team up for the tackle, and I just noted how physical both those guys are in attacking blocks. Roberts goes in there and causes car crashes. Van Noy plays really strong at the point and kind of uses his arms and his eyes to the football. A different style, but they both are effective in, in their own ways, and Van Noy just continues to really not just play physical football, but a really good gap control defender off the edge or when he sinks down inside. He's got that firm veteran grasp of the defense, and I think it shows week in and week out. Also, the pass breakup he had with Kyler Murray in space, that's going to be a theme here on the defensive side. Making plays on Murray in space is going to get you a highlight. He had a nice pass breakup in that instance on a pass rush against a bootleg of Kyler Murray. And then there was an outside run where Kyler lost a yard on the play. He has to get width on that play while keeping pace with the foot speed of Kyler Murray. He gets off the block and makes that happen. Nice game for Kyle Van Noy. 
Shaq Lawson, I thought his best play of the game, we talked about the scoop and score, was the opening play of the Cardinals' possession right after Christian Kirk's long touchdown reception. He gets the tackle off balance and just bull rushed him to the ground and got a big hit on Murray. Just an awesome rep there. The Cardinals gain yards, but again, good reps are good reps no matter how they come. Also had a big tackle for loss late in the third quarter, working against, or working off rather, a block, sets a hard edge and runs the thing down to the outside for a big TFL. He, he makes a play like that once or twice a game, it seems like, for this Dolphins defense. I talked earlier about the push of Raekwon Davis, and just in general with him, you see the length and the eyes and the pairing of those two things together on a few good reps every game, really engages the block and then comes off of it, and he's putting together a few good power moves each week as well, I think. There was two plays before the fourth down stop where he holds up a double team and works to get free and makes a tackle at two yards. Big contributing play before the big play. Good work there by the big man. The defensive backs, I wrote a general note here. Just watching these Cardinals receivers, man, they're really good. There's There's been some good receiving crews this Dolphins team has seen this year between Arizona, Seattle, Buffalo. Lots of good receivers in the NFL. On the near Byron Jones interception, that thing was so bang, bang. I, I mean, I, it could have gone either way, I thought. Byron talked about it after the game, said he needs to attack that ball with his hands facing like a receiver, not turned around the other way. Sort of like you're fielding a punt, so I'll just take his word for that on that particular play. That tackle he made on Murray right before the fourth down play, at getting to the spot after both Shaq Lawson and Jerome Baker kind of chase him down, that was such a good effort and good stick right there again to set up the big play on fourth down and joining Jones on that stop. I thought both Kyle Van Noy and Zach Sealer had excellent pursuit effort on that particular play, which sets up the biggest play of the game for the defense. Zach Sealer stacks it up, comes off that block, Elandon Roberts and Xavier Howard join him there at the spot for the stuff, and it is a big, big turnover on downs for the Dolphins' defense late in that game. Bobby McCain, open field tackle on Kyler after a 16-yard run. Anytime you get that guy down in the open field, that's a positive. He was one miss from scoring on that play, in my opinion. Last man of defense back there, and Kyler's so fast, it might be over. And the Cardinals would wind up kicking a field goal on that drive, so a big play for Bobby. And I just think he's playing really fast and instinctive back there in coverage, seeing things really well. The one deep ball to Christian Kirk, where he was in coverage, and looked like man coverage on the other side of the field, but completely on the other side of the field, so he wasn't over the top there. But in general, I think he does a good job of closing off those vertical routes. And the other safety, Eric Rowe, the second and four from the 13-yard line, he shoots in there and makes a play in the backfield for a big, big six-yard loss. The Cardinals would go incomplete on third down. It was the same drive where Bobby made an open field tackle, so a good combination play there from the Dolphins' safeties to kind of save four points, more or less. And then he also got himself an open field tackle on Kyler Murray later on in the game. So again, I talked about this on the Sunday podcast with Kenjemi a little bit. More about the plays you make, the plays that you win you know, defensively and offensively, and what's the overall impact of those plays? You know, the grind in, the, the the play in and play out certainly is important, but you'll hear coaches sometimes talk about how there's, you know, 10 or 12 plays in a game that really are the deciding factor, and you don't know when that play is going to be, so it's important to treat every play importantly, but some plays carry more weight than others, and the Dolphins are really stepping up at those moments and making big plays on defense. The offense kind of came alive in this game, thought the passing game was super sharp, thought they got some good contributions out of multiple running backs, multiple pass catchers and tight ends. Just a fun tape to watch. I highly encourage it if you have not done so already, but those are my thoughts on Dolphins, Cardinals, all 22, 34, 31, fourth straight victory for your Miami Dolphins. Let's go ahead and turn now to the Dolphins coordinators on their Tuesday media availabilities. And let's go ahead and start with Coach Danny Crossman, who first talked about Jason Sanders and the rhythm he is currently in. We have a very good rapport right now and a very clean operation with the snaps and the holds. 
Um, obviously, any time that, uh, that that triumphant is working very well, you know, it seems like to the kickers in the past, and obviously with Jason now, that they're really able to get a good, clean picture uh, of what's happening on the hit. Uh, and then he's just in a good rhythm, you know, as, as we all know, and whatever our, our chosen profession is, there's times when you just find that nice rhythm and things are going and they're going smoothly and things are clicking. That's sort of where he is right now. Um, and he's playing with a lot of confidence. We're going to feature the tight ends later this week on MiamiDolphins.com as well as on the Drive Time podcast. So I wanted to ask Coach Crossman about Durham Smythe's impact on special teams. So here's Coach Crossman. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, Durham probably doesn't get enough credit. Um, you know, he's, you know, as an available player, you know, he's going to play three or four phases for us uh, based on the week and, and how his uh, playtime is, is set up to both in the kicking game and offensively. Uh, very trustworthy, very accountable. Uh, so, you know, Anytime you don't have those guys, it's it's a knock. Uh, but we feel very, very confident in, in anything we ask Durham to do. Um, good football player, a good leader, and we're happy to have him. And up next, we're going to hear from Dolphins defensive coordinator Josh Boyer, who was asked a similar question that was posed to him last week about the importance of yardage on defense and where he really puts his value in terms of which stats. Does he care about stats? What's the number one, two, and three goal for him on the defensive side of the ball? He lays it out for us right here in his answer. Well, I I would say in order, uh, I mean, for me, uh, when I look at it, one is that we do what we need to do to win the game. Uh, two, obviously, uh, we would like to uh, keep the point totals down. Three, we, we would like to get the ball back to the offense as soon as we possibly can. So, and uh, obviously, we're not trying to give up big chunk yards, big plays, um, you know. But as far as the stats go, uh, you know, like I said last week, I don't really pay any attention to them. Um, you know, it's more of a factor of us trying to put our players in position to succeed. And for us to win the game, and really ultimately as a defense, what you're trying to do is limit the points and get the ball back to the offense. And up next, we'll go ahead and hear from Dolphins offensive coordinator Chan Gailey, who first started out by answering a question about the game slowing down for Tua Tungavailoa in his second game and how he thinks he can continue to have that occur for him throughout the course of this, his rookie season. As he plays more, the game will slow down. He's able to see things better. He's able to feel the game he has a tremendous feel for the game, and um, that, that allows him to see some things and do some things and throw the ball in some spots that uh, other people might not do. So uh, I think that he just went out and played the game. He, he didn't care who was there who wasn't there. He, he was playing the game, and that's what you like about him is he, he doesn't think about adversity. He thinks about, okay, how can we go be successful? And um, that's, that'll carry a person a long way. A couple more questions here for Chan up next. He was asked about the next step and what kind of Tua can do going forward to improve his game here again in his rookie season. He's got he's to gotta see and understand defenses uh, more and more. And that just comes from doing it. Uh, you, you can't, you know, we worked against the same defense all off season. So being, you didn't have any preseason games to go say, okay, this is what another team does. This is what another team does. He's getting that on the fly. So 
uh, I think just understanding defenses, what they're trying to do, how they're trying to attack you, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, um, those type of things will be uh, the strides I hope he makes here in the next few weeks. And we'll go ahead and finish up on that same topic. Coach Chan Gailey was asked about what they saw from Tua at his college days compared to what they saw in the game on Sunday, and if he saw a noticeable difference between who he was in college to now being in the pros. I, I can't see a real difference. Uh, so, um, you know, physically is the one thing that uh, you had the concern about, and I think he kind of relieved all our, our, our thoughts about that the, the other night. And we'll finish up here with Dolphins linebackers coach Anthony Campanelli, who first was asked about the preparation instincts and anticipation of Elandon Roberts and the work he puts in off the field to make those plays on Sunday. I, I always feel like when we said this in the room, uh, big plays are made with anticipation. So, you know, when you can anticipate what's going to happen, uh, you have a pretty pretty good idea. It's one of two things as opposed to one of ten things. I know I've said that, uh, I think, amongst you guys before as well. Um, that gives you the opportunity to go out and make some of those plays. And, and uh, he really studies uh, about as hard as you possibly can uh, and really a great guy to coach in that way. So I, I would attribute most of that uh, to him. And, and obviously that's, that's why we wanted, wanted him here. And uh, he's brought that to our team and uh, he just prepares relentlessly every week. So I think that's just a byproduct of that. And staying at that position, the last uh, question here for Coach, you heard me talk in the All-22 review about the consistent gap control and run defense and just being in good position for Kyle Van Noy, setting a hard edge off the outside of this defense on a couple of negative runs there for the Cardinals. I wanted to ask Coach to kind of break down the intricacies of Kyle Van Noy's game and what makes him such a good player and maybe underappreciated by the natural or the neutral, rather, the casual football observer. Here's Coach on Kyle Van Noy. He's incredibly bright. You know, he has, he has a high IQ in general, but really a, a high football IQ. Um, and I think he, he's really been helpful for a lot of the younger guys as well, just in terms of even the, the day-to-day, talking to him, uh, schematics within each game plan. Um, I think he does a great job throughout the week in preparation, just like it landed, like I was talking about before. Um, and I think he does a great job in the game uh, on the sideline, you know, in terms of, being aware of the information, uh, communicating, you know, with the coaches and, and the players alike. Uh, he's really just, he's been a pleasure to coach that way and, and has brought a lot to our team. So there you go. That is the Tuesday, November the 10th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Plenty of information in there, stats, film, coaches, audio for you guys. We're going to come back tomorrow and have the game preview. We're going to flip things up from here forward, doing the game previews on Wednesday and the features on Thursday. We'll also have a Dolphins practice to cover on Wednesday, as well as Coach Flores' media, a couple of players. Tua Tungabailoa will speak as well. So plenty to come here on the Drive Time Podcast. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you download your podcast at, go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out our other podcasts, the Fish Tank and the Audible. And of course, last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.